I am Danika. And I am Myra. And this is the Black Women Healing Podcast. A space to discuss mental wellness. A space to dive into soul care and vulnerability. Here, we will support you on your journey as you focus on your healing. While also giving you the work along the way. Welcome to Black Women Healing Podcast. Hey, y'all. I am here to announce that our book, Let's Heal, a workbook designed for Black women with various modalities by your co-host, Danika and Myra, is now at a storefront. And so the storefront is Urbana Goods. It's a community store that brings an upgraded experience of connecting with the community uh, with small crafting gatherings and workshops and supporting other local businesses by housing and selling their merchandise, such as us. And they even sell some of your typical items from the local convenience store. Like y'all, I literally bought some body butter, hair products, and a cute purse all from this store, just to give you a little example. So when you have some time, check out Urbana Goods. It's located in Guardina, California. The actual address is 1756 West El Segundo, Guardina, California, 90249. You can put it in your GPS, whatever you need to do, but go ahead and make your way there and check us out. Hey y'all, we are back with another episode of Black Women Healing Podcast, and as usual, we have a special guest, but before we jump in, we are going to kick us off with a random discussion question. <sighs> Danica, I ain't got anything. Do you got something? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay, okay, so if you were um a celebrity let's say somebody that was a celebrity such as like someone with like like the Beyonce right or um you know our late greats like Prince Whitney Michael those types of like the greats right let's say you were them um for a day what do you think that day what would you do in that day with the assets to the community access to resources all the things that sometimes we're not we don't have access to so do I have to pick a person first probably because they probably have different um accessibility right so yeah probably pick a person and then say what you would do in that day this is a really hard question sorry are you thinking of someone off the top of your head not at all um look this is off the top of my head this is what I came up with (laughs) Because I'm just thinking about like now the access that we have to celebrities to know about them. A lot of celebrities I wouldn't want to be because they're stank attitudes. So like, I wish I didn't have access to that information because then maybe I would look at it a lot differently. Because it's like people are coming to mind, but I'm like, I also think about how I've heard how they interact with people and I don't want to be that person. So now I'm struggling to even think of a person. Mm. So I don't know. I just made it more difficult for me. That's true. Um. I guess maybe just thinking maybe if I was I don't know it's it's a hard question because I'm really just thinking about their resource I'm thinking about something like I wouldn't like if I could what I could do in a day like I would probably invest into a hundred people right or I would um have a have a have a a lunch with 10 random people so I'm thinking of like ways I can give back type of thing like what I would do just because they have so many resources a lot of times and they probably do stuff like this I'm pretty sure 
you know, yeah. I was even just sponsoring, donating. A lot of times those are tax write-offs. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, so I'm pretty sure they do stuff like this. But that's what I'm, I guess I'm thinking of. Like if you had accessibility to a certain amount of resources, like what would you do with it? Is it a certain program you've been feeling like, oh, I feel like we need more of this or more of that? Um, maybe then mm-hmm. I'm thinking of like with kids feeling like that we don't, uh, like growing up, we don't have, we don't have as many programs and stuff as we used to. So I was just talking to a friend about like going to the boys and girls clubs and community centers. And a lot of times it was funded. Like my mom, maybe if you join like a specific dance club or something, you had to pay, but just to go to a community center, a lot of times it was free. And so like, um, maybe something like that, you know, maybe it's something I would like to do. Yeah, I think my dream has always been like those countries that don't have access to like pads and tampons. Mm-hmm. I would want to um, somehow like create a program here where it teaches girls here about um, like period cups. Like I want to make that more accessible. And then somehow with them being taught here, maybe they'll go over to another country, learn about that country and also be able to teach them what they've learned. Like that's always been like an idea in my head. Like I want more people to have access to period cups and to learn about them just because you can wear them longer. They're more sustainable. Um, it just makes like a lot more sense for our environment and for our body. So I think that will be my thing. What about you, Jess? Oh, wow. This is pertaining to me too. Um, if I had a lot of resources my imagination kind of goes off. So it's like thinking of like Rihanna, for instance, like she's like one of the first billionaires or black woman billionaires or something like that. So it's like, I would wish that more celebrities would like uh, you were saying, Danica, like go into the community. Like I see it on Instagram, but I don't really see it. And I know that celebrities and safety and capitalism, like that's, we can even go into like PNB rock, for instance, like being murdered, like literally being in the neighborhood. So it's hard to have money and be in communities, but also it sucks that when we're in community, we've been taught that we have to be violent or we have to be individuals first and community second. So with any type of money, I would somehow want to dismantle that because I'm tired of this, like, system continuously being replicated over and over again in different ways so if I got money I'm I'm putting into liberation by any means necessary yes yes so as y'all hear Jazz is a special guest so I'm gonna go ahead and jump into Jazz's bio so Jasmine Jazz Miles is unapologetically black and vocal queen from Carson California in 2020 she graduated from SDSU San Diego State University summa cum laude with her bachelor's of arts in sociology and a minor in Africana studies Jazz returned to SCSU and earned her Master's of Science in Counseling from the Community-Based Block Multicultural Community Counseling and Social Justice Education Program, aka CBB. Jazz is also a poet using NOMO, the power of the word, to call out systemic oppression and share her truth. She is currently an associate professional clinical counselor who hosts Twerk and Healing Circle. Whistle while you heal to build community, challenge body shame, and pay homage to your roots. You can tap in with Jazz and her work on LinkedIn at Jasmine Miles. So we'll have this in the show notes or on Instagram at WWYH222. So as you can hear today, we're going to chat about Jazz and also Whistle While You Heal, which is an upcoming series almost, if you will. So I'll go ahead and hand over to Danica. 
Yes. First of all, I just want to say I love this name. Every time I hear it, I sing. I say, like, you know, whistle while you hill. <laughs> like, it just exactly like every time. <laughs> I love that for you. Yes, that's that's supposed to be what happens. Yes, every that's all I can hear is that like just coming in. So this name is is catchy and it's it's fun too. So can you tell us about your journey to developing Whistle While You Hill? Yeah. So the journey for Whistle While You Hill has been it has been a difficult and challenging journey. I must like to be transparent with y'all, which y'all promote. So we're gonna be transparent here. Um it's like I had to really navigate a lot of like self-doubt, inner critic, outside voice, whatever you call it, to even get to this part. Um, twerking is seen as very provocative and that women or people shouldn't do it um, because like our sensuality should be private. And with twerking and whistle while you heal, it's like, I want to put it out there that you ain't got to do it in private. Like you ain't got to do it in the club either. Like let's come in community, twerk and shake some ass together. Like let's just do it. And Whistle While You Hill was first um, actually like a group proposal that I created in CVB because we had to do like an assignment. I was like, okay, so what type of group therapy would I want to do? Like I want to do something where we can shake our asses and we could just be in community with people. So let me do that. And people are like, oh, this is such a great idea. You know, I was like, well, I know it's a great idea, but also I don't want to be the one to create it. Like I would love like there to be somewhere in Carson or even in San Diego where I could go to like a twerking healing circle and not be a facilitator because that's a lot of labor. Um, so I always had that like in my head. And then I made it into an infographic uh, for another class in CBB, like shout out to CBB for doing this. Um, I was like, okay, like, is there any peer reviewed articles that actually say that twerking is healing or am I just only one saying it? So I found something which I could talk about later. And I was like, okay, cool. Like there's actually something in academia that says twerking is healing. Like I needed this in my life a long time ago. And uh, so, yeah, I graduated CBB and then I applied for my APCC, which is basically another like mental health type of um, position as well. And I was just like, OK, this is my first time being out of the university. I'm unemployed. What do I do with all this free time? How do I share my gifts with the world? And I got a reading from Mystique, who's um, reviving Venus on Instagram. And they were basically telling me that, like, Jasmine, you don't have to wait for a traditional job to share your gifts to the world. Like, you already have the training because I um, put on programs at SDSU during my undergrad and all that. So I do have the training, but I never did it on my own. I always did it with a team or with some type of foundation already set out. So I was like, ooh, you want me to do this by myself? Like, is that what Spirit's telling you? Like, uh, okay. <laughs> like, I guess. So I was like, okay, let me do some research, try to find like some um, black owned dance studios in Carson. Cause that's where I'm from. Just try to find something. And I slept on it still a little bit. And then I got on um, the phone with my other friend, Aisha. I love that they gonna hear their names as they <laughs> say this, but she was like, yeah, why are you sleeping on this? Like, just do it. And she was sharing with me. Um, I forget what spirituality it is, but like, there's like each number, to the date means something or represents a god or goddess and the 19 which is february 19th that's my birthday 
19 is like the goddess or god of body and it's like connecting to your body connecting to your sensuality i was like okay all these signs are telling me to stop sleeping on myself so i gotta stop so i was like fine whistle while you heal is gonna be the name because again like whistle while you twerk it's catchy but also like twerking and healing we gonna replace it still mean the same thing and yeah i reached out to a black owned um a black owned dance studio that's near me and she's like oh yeah we have twerking classes here all the time I said, where was i and i was in san diego so of course i didn't know about it <laughs> um but yeah she's like yeah and the person had to move so we don't have any twerking classes right now like this would be great i said universe just aligned it so through just having that group proposal idea getting a reading talking to my friends to just telling me to stop sleep on myself and me just really trusting the process and trusting my gifts that's what gave birth to whistle while you heal yeah so since you told us about the birth of that you have to tell us about your introduction or your first introduction to twerking slash dancing too yeah so when did i start shaking my ass um so my friend her name's camille um she actually introduced me to twerking in middle school so i don't know if y'all familiar with twerk team and like they do like you know like this yeah i forget like their names but that's why i got introduced to twerking like we was on youtube and they was really doing it i was like booty don't move like that it was like whoa and then my friend like Mila, she was really getting it i was like okay bet like i gotta practice with her and like in that way it kind of built like our sisterhood together like we was just on youtube looking at twerking videos and learning how to twerk with each other and that was also during the time that hip rolling was also like really like dominant in youtube especially like for black people so we were looking up how to hip roll. We were looking up how to twerk. And again, like it really made our bond like closer. Um, so that's how I got introduced to it. And then like back in the day, you know, there was the functions and everything. I don't know if they still functioning like we used to, but um, it was like, okay, I got to practice so I could go to the function and really fuck some shit up. Like that's what I got to do. Um, so when I first got introduced to twerking, it was through like building a sisterhood with my friend. And also to show out, like, I'm about to break somebody. Like, that's what I'm about to do. I'm about to show someone what's good. So it was also a way for me to assert my dominance, especially when it comes to like a cis heterosexual man. Like, you about to see what's good. I'm about to break you. You about to see who's really boss up over here. Um, has that changed a little bit? It got a little bit more spiritual and deeper for me. <laughs> um, but that was what it was. That's when my I first got introduced to twerking. I want that to be the episode title. I'm about to break you. <laughs> I'm do that. To break you. Quite literally, <laughs> mentally and physically, baby. So our next question. Excuse the baby. No, she can go. So our next question. Um, I was curious when you're thinking about women who don't feel in tune with their body, what are some things you might tell them to help them get there? Yeah. So I'm going to expand the question a little bit because I don't want to just talk to just women. Like I want to also talk to men and gender fluid, non-binary folks too. Yep. Um, I, even though we've all been socialized very differently with how we should be in relationship with our bodies, I feel like the way to like be closer to our bodies could be very similar. Um, there's this book that I read by Sonia Renee Taylor, The Body's Not an Apology. And she really put in perspective to me like, 
our relationships with our bodies is not really a personal problem. You didn't wake up or get out the uh, womb of somebody. It was like, I'm going to hate my body and I'm going to judge part of it. Like, this is something we've been socialized to do. And the more we're distant from our bodies, the more they could disenfranchise and oppress us. So imagine like feeling so empowered and so in tune with yourself that you twerking in the street and not caring what people got to say. Like someone's going to feel threatened by it because they were taught to feel threatened. So if I'm going to give advice for someone to be in relationship with their bodies, I would ask them like, where did they learn how to be in relationship with their bodies? Did their parents tell them that they should fear themselves? Did they microaggress or shame you a little bit? But it's like, oh no, that's just regular. That's what my mama or my parents say. Like really learn where you learned about yourself from and learn how so how it impacts you. Like, how does it feel for me to say it's working right now? Like, do you feel like, oh, cringe, you shouldn't be talking about this so vocally? Are you just cursed, girl, what you doing? Like, what are you feeling in your body? That body awareness is very significant. And once you do that, then you can really understand like where that emotion and where that tenseness stemmed from. But also know again, like this is systemic. This is very like strategic, um, not being in relationship with each other or ourselves. So if you could do some reading, like I said, Sonia Renee Taylor, the advice on apology or follow her on Instagram too, like really discover how oppression has made your relationship with your body seem foreign or like difficult because it shouldn't be this hard. Um, yeah, that's that's something that I have. It's not a personal thing. It's very systemic. It's very intentional. Yeah, those are some really good points. And people keep telling us we need to read Sonya Renee Taylor. So I think, Donika, maybe that needs to be a book that we discuss because this is probably the third guest that has told us this. I it's sorry. Eight. The universe telling y'all something. <laughs> yeah the most definitely um uh, so I mean you talked about it earlier so we're gonna dive in a little bit more uh what are the mental and spiritual benefits of twerking slash dancing yeah so there's this article um this black woman her name's Niamba or Niambe Baskerville I forget it's a long title but her senior thesis is called twerk it um, it's something about these constructing like the gendered implications of twerking for black women or something like that. And she said that she did a qualitative study. So she interviewed like five black women on a campus and they all basically said that like twerking helped them get closer to their bodies. It helped them connect to their ancestors. It helped them get in touch with their families, like bonding. Um, it just helped them connect to their femininity and as I read that, I was like, yes, it, that helped. Yep, it did that for me. It did that for me. It did that for me. Um, and if we go more general, because twerking is a cultural dance, so it is a dance, even though people may minimize it because it's sensual. Um, but since it's a dance, dance has been shown to release endorphins, which are like those happy chemicals in our bodies that need to be released. And when it releases that, um, it helps with stress, it helps with depression. It doesn't alleviate it. It doesn't, you know, cause I truly believe that depression and stress all stems from our environments and also genetics. So it's not, it's not, a, it's not like going to be a cure. It could be a bandaid or it could decrease it. 
But dancing has been shown to help with our mental health. Like there's articles and all that. So if we replace dance and put twerking in it, because again, twerking is a cultural dance from West Africa and from other places in the African diaspora. Um, it's That's what it's going to do. And I know for me um, personally, twerking has been both good for my mental health and my spirituality. Um, as I talked about before, it was mainly to assert my dominance. So I know if we put in that context, would I have to assert my dominance in the patriarchal, if we weren't living in a patriarchal society? Um, so we could try to critique that, if you will. But I really feel that um, for me, <laughs> even like at the club, like sometimes I do twerk because I see some cute dude there. I'm like, I want you to see what I could do. You know what I'm saying? And some people may frown upon that. Oh my gosh, Jasmine, you're doing that for the male gaze. What are you doing? Whereas like sometimes twerking is going to be that for me because that's just how I've been socialized. Also how I am. Um, but then as like I got older and even doing this research, it's like, okay, this is more than just doing it for men or someone who I'm attracted to. Like I feel empowered even when I do this naked in the mirror or even fully clothed in the mirror. Like, I'm my knees are getting like naked by the minutes. Like what? You know, it just, it feels really good. It feels like I'm doing something right. And I'm like, okay. So when I take this out of the context of patriarchy and really putting it into just me, Jasmine, like this could actually be really cool. And just the other day I was twerking and I was having cramps and then my cramps are gone. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> and um, twerking has also been seen as something to help with the sacral chakra. I'm not too familiar with chakras though, so I'm not gonna speak too much on it. But anything with movement, anything connecting to like some divine feminine shit is gonna be healing. And I also wanna reiterate that like femininity is not just two women. Like we all have a balance of masculine and feminine energies. So just imagine like if we took out this socialization of gender and all that, and we was really in touch with our femininity and masculinity across the board, I bet a lot more people would be twerking. Um, but because like if a man is twerking, especially a black man, oh, like he's, he's being gay or, oh, he's being fruity. It's like, why are you projecting your queer phobia onto people? Like, just let people be. And then if we see a black woman who's twerking, oh, she's doing too much with the woo, blah, blah. But Miley Cyrus a few years ago was on the news for twerking. Like she invented it. She got put on the pedestal for twerking by the news. When twerking literally descended from Africa, like it's been existing for such a long time. But because of anti-Blackness and because of like this gender BS that we have to navigate on a daily basis, not enough people are twerking. And I'm that's why I created with So Why You Heal. Like I really want people to twerk and learn where it comes from. It's not Miley's thing. It's, a, it's been an us thing for a long time. Yes, yes. And I like that you're talking about this because I literally, two <laughs> of my clients, I've given them homework. Like when they tell me like, oh, I'm feeling X, Y, and Z thing in my body. I always mm -hmm. remind them like trauma can be stored in your hips. I mean, it's stored in your yeah. body, but a lot of it is stored in your hips, right? Mm -hmm. So how else are we going to get it out? And so I always tell them, I need you to twerk. And then <laughs> the next time that we talk, literally I told them this. Yeah. They're like, what? And I'm like, I need you to go home and twerk. 
in the mirror specifically mm-hmm. to your favorite song and then we need to do a follow-up and they're always like huh are you sure and I'm like yes I'm sure like I've tried it before I need you to do it too and now it's so funny one of my clients she texted me the other day and she was like now that's like my go-to like whenever I'm feeling yes. in my body I can't really move very much but I'm moving as much as I can so yes. how we there we're talking about this because like I said like trauma gets stored in your hips and so mm-hmm. how are you gonna get it out mm-hmm. I love Thank you for sharing that because more more therapists need to use twerking as like a coping skill and it's crazy because even like looking up twerking and like the academics on it someone had the audacity to write like twerking as like a disorder or something that's like yeah like like if I don't know if people are familiar with the DSM yeah but like that's literally like the bible for like mental health and the disorders and like all that stuff and someone made it, someone said twerking was disorder and was pathologizing it. And I'm just like, you had time. Like, your anti-Blackness is really loud. I had to cleanse from that. Like, I'm gonna twerk despite of this because hey. you're gonna feel this. <laughs> I real. think like what you believe, what you believe is what you will feel. So even when it comes to like twerking and dancing, um, like now that people are even listening to this, I feel like that they'll be more open to receiving the, the feeling of the mental and spiritual benefits once they do it mm-hmm. so like you mm-hmm. did this systematically that's what we're taught so whoever this person is is really ingrained in their system that this it's- is probably really bad mm-hmm. um, but I guarantee you even that person if they opened up their spirit and opened up their mind to the benefits of it they probably like oh snap okay mm-hmm. so a lot of it has to do with the individual like you have to open up to this and like mm-hmm next time you go to even a dance class any type of anything really any type of movement class the next time you go be open to like a a different feeling from it right Mm -hmm. not just one to just be active like being open to it and I think that's what it's really about right yeah like you gotta take the risk to open yourself up yeah and even though like I'm talking very confidently about it there was a time where I was very shy about it because of what I've been told so it is hard to open up. And I'm, I love that you even talk about that too. It's like, it requires an amount of courage an amount of like introspection to really be like, oh, this is, this is actually right for me. Like all the other stuff were lies. Like they wanted me to feel this way for a reason. And that's not me. That's not meant for me. And that's yeah. hard. It is, it is, but you're doing it and you know, uh, you encouraging us to do it and Myra's out here talking to her clients about doing it Boom. so it's like this is this is really nice to hear and then our now our listeners are gonna do it so we spreading it girl we spreading it mm-hmm. <laughs> period somebody <laughs> mad it's not my problem <laughs> um so this is a good question just because it's, it's nice to know the things that we do to make ourselves feel good so what's the saying or mantra that you tell yourself to hype yourself up yeah. So for me, one of my mantras, my favorite ones, I'm that bitch. Um, I know that like bitch is like, oh my gosh, she's really cursing a lot. But like sometimes you just gotta reclaim shit. I'd be re- really feeling good about telling myself that. Another thing that I like to tell myself is that I don't have to be perfect and I can be human. And my reasons behind that is just as a black woman, I've been taught that if it's not perfect, it's not enough. And even when it's perfect, it's still not enough because of my blackness or my womanness or what have you. 
So to really ingrain in myself that I am enough at this stage in my journey, however much it fluctuates, that helps me feel more grounded with myself. And I also tell myself that I'm divine. And sometimes like spirituality, religion, like I have some trauma with that, which could be a whole other TED talk, but reminding myself that God is within me and God is being, and that could change at any given moment. It also kind of humbles me like, okay, I can let go of this control that I need and I could just be. And sometimes twerking can be all, all ingrained in that as well. Yes. Thank you for sharing that. As we wrap up, we always ask our guests if they have a takeaway for our listeners and that could literally be a book, a quote, anything. Um, so we do want to ask you that. And then we also want to ask you to share the dates of um, Turquoise Hill. Yeah. So for me, uh, my, some of my takeaways, which I kind of talked about here, and so did Myra. Um, I want the listeners, however you identify, you don't even got to be Black. I want you to twerk. I want you to twerk. I want you to go look in the mirror and see your booty move or your body move, however. And I really want you to focus on what parts of your body are reacting or responding to you as you move in this way. Um, if you feel tense, that could be valid. Like whatever comes up for you, don't be like, oh, like Jasmine's confident or Megan Thee Stallion's confident. I shouldn't feel this way. Like, nah, like we're not gonna compare because that's not gonna lead you nowhere. Like really be present with what your body's feeling as you move your body. And instead of trying to push it away, I ask you to stay curious about it. Like, why do you think this tenseness is coming up? Why do you think you feel like crying or you feel happy or free or whatever comes up for you? Um, that's one assignment. I also want to just shout out, like, again, Sonia Renee Taylor, like, the body's not an apology. Even if you just follow sis on Instagram, like, she'd be dropping gems. Um, so I recommend looking at that book because it really put, like, body oppression and how it impacts me and other people into perspective and how we can all better advocate for not only ourselves, but for other communities and our own communities. Um, and just a reminder, too, that, like, trauma and just painful experiences don't just happen in the brain they happen in our bodies um it's not what happens to you it happens within you so as you're doing these body stuff and everything if something comes up for you definitely talk to a therapist because this ain't therapy but it's healing um so yeah like Megan Thee Stallion said hotties need therapy too so <laughs> just yeah be in touch with yourselves that's going to be the homework for today Yes, thank you, Jazz. So oh, we yeah, want to thank dates. Jazz for joining us and we want to have her share her dates. Yes, so Whistle While You Heal is going to be happening in Carson, California. Go Carson. Um, at the Collab Dance Studio and Creative Space. It's going to be happening on Saturday, October 8th, Saturday, October 15th, and Saturday, October 22nd from 1230 to 1 30 so bring what you comfortable in and shaking your booty too because you know you got to do that bring some knee pads we may be on the flow towels because <sighs> you know twerking's a sport like a girl be drenched in sweat y'all like it's some endurance and stamina you need to tap into too and just 
bring openness like Nika said bring openness because you got to be open to receive right and obviously I'll be teaching you some ways to get open and also also teaching you and debunking some myths about twerking so get excited because I am (laughs) (laughs) yes so we want to thank Jazz for joining us this week and we hope y'all check out this class yay All right, y'all. So I hope you enjoyed that episode. Um, I always have a pleasure of talking with Jazz. She's always introducing me to something new, spinning some gems, something. It's always something with her. So I'm very happy about that. My takeaway, though, is that I guess I need to read Sonya Renee Taylor's book because if this book gets suggested to me one more time and I don't know what people are talking about, I guess (laughs) I need to read it. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that, yeah, that's for sure. It has to be an episode. It's like, I follow, I follow her on, um, you know, social media. And and I do know that every now and then, or no, I would say, I don't know. It seems pretty frequent that uh, she'll do like a long video, like, you know, really diving into something. Uh, but this book sounds like the the Mecca. So I do think we need to go ahead and do a book review because it keeps coming, coming up. So yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and get it um but you know I mean I think that uh Jazz said it all like uh, I really love the work that she's doing and it's um you know I think that it's moving and also the fact that she's using a community where she's from I think that's always dope the fact that she's going back to Carson and doing it mm-hmm. um and I just hope that it reaches people so you know other people can get in tune with this type of healing yes yes I think that's it for this week's episode. Um, We will be having an event coming up in November. So we'll share more information about that soon. Yes. See y'all next Monday.